It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented, of course, by DraftKings. That's where we go for our DFS. It's where you should go as well. It is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. Try to make them in uh, bite-sized podcasts for you, right? So we do the Thursday night game and then the Thursday 1 o'clock games in episode 1. Then we do the Sunday late games, Sunday nighter, Monday nighter in episode 2. So we have two podcasts really for the price of one. And it's the show that's so nice we do it twice. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social. Hopefully you're following me so you can get one of these free Madden codes I'm giving around. You can also always check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker pod. That's the first link or social media account that posts the show, posts the clips. So you know exactly when the show is ready, as well as the best of the best stuff. We thought at least from that episode, we post those clips. It's pretty much always my guy, Joe Dolan. And the notes I take, took a bunch of notes on episode one about Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, Giants run defense. Now we'll see how many takes, how many notes I take here in episode two as we dive into the games at FG underscore Dolan. Look, there's like 10 guys just like Joe at fantasypoints.com. So imagine all the knowledge Joe has 10x that's fantasypoints.com using the code 22 feast joe we start with the chiefs and the broncos what do we need to know uh well for first and foremost for the broncos um courtland sutton per uh per nathaniel hackett is day-to-day with a hamstring injury yay i mean the broncos have as bad an offense uh as there is um, Ross, I'm, I, I, I saw your little, uh, rant about Russell Wilson. I'm going to try to avoid making fun of him on this podcast. Uh, thank you. All right. Um, uh, I, I will not mention how many toilets Russell Wilson has in his house. Uh, I'll only insinuate it. Um, Cortland Sutton, it might not play, but Jerry Judy was back. And even though he was on a pitch count, um, he paced the Broncos, uh, in receiving, I would anticipate that's going to be the case again this week. Now, what is interesting is Jerry Judy is, is the Broncos' primary slot receiver, which is where the toughest matchup in the in that Kansas City secondary on Legarius Sneed is. Will they work to get him outside a little bit more? Though, of course, rookie corner Trent McDuffie has been playing very well for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a Chiefs team that pressured. Um, first of all, you want to talk about a ridiculous performance by Joe Burrow last week. The Chiefs, per fantasy points data, pressured Burrow on 50% of his dropbacks last week. 50% and Burrow did what he did. That was a virtuoso performance. I am not expecting the same from Russell Wilson this week. What about the Chiefs offensively? Yeah, I I think in ways the Chiefs, again, there was that stretch last year where everybody buried the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing well, and I'm never going to do that. Um, but mediocrity at the wide receiver position is really starting to catch up 
here. We saw Valdez Scantling drop a touchdown last week and Juju's had a couple of big games and then he got the concussion and then he's been limited in the lineup and he's caught three passes in back-to-back games. And if Travis Kelsey doesn't go off, this passing game, even with Mahomes, is kind of limited. And we saw that last week against Cincinnati. Um, The question is for me, who does Patrick Sertan shadow in this game? And the answer is probably nobody. Maybe Valdez Scantling, if they view him as a threat on the perimeter. I'm looking for Kansas City to get Sky Moore a little more involved, but I I think the ship has completely sailed on Sky Moore being fantasy relevant at this point after he doesn't get freaking targeted against the Bengals. So I think with the Chiefs' heavy favorites in this game, it's an Isaiah Pacheco game. And I think you can play both Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon as kind of RB2s, knowing Pacheco's going to be the guy on the ground, even though he's starting to contribute just a little bit more in the passing game, and McKinnon's going to get snaps and get passing down snaps. So I do think this is a Pacheco game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's move on. Carolina is at Seattle. No more Baker Mayfield for Carolina, No by the more way. Bake Mayfield. Um, so... Seattle has a pass rush issue, which I think is going to be very interesting this week because in his start in week, in week um, 12 before Carolina's week 13 bye, Sam Darnold completely flipped the script on what the Panthers had been doing under PJ Walker. His average time to throw was 3.19 seconds, which was the highest in week 12. So they're going deeper with Sam Darnold and against Seattle where the pass rush has been kind of problematic. I think you can do that. So I'm viewing this, even though Tariq wool in the rookie corner has been excellent for them. I'm viewing this as a good game for, um, uh, for DJ Moore to potentially continue his momentum that he hopes to have built with, uh, with Sam Darnold back in week, uh, back in week 11 or back in week 12, rather. So, I think this is a good spot to use DJ Moore. And then, of course, um, you look at Deontay Foreman on the ground and you just hope that this game is close enough for Deontay Foreman to impact the game. The Seahawks did give up two rushing touchdowns to Cam Akers last week. This is a two-man fantasy show in Carolina. I'm not interested in Sam Darnold. Don't worry. I, I, I But uh, it is a two-man fantasy show in Carolina. Seattle? Boy, Geno Smith played well. Geno looked really good. Um uh, by the way, uh, this is neither here nor there, and we can't talk about him because uh, he's on bye this week. You mentioned Geno Smith playing well. That just calls to mind. I got to be honest, Ross, on Monday, I thought Andy Dalton played great on Monday. Yes, he did. I thought yeah, he, he was played awesome. really well. He was not the reason the Saints lost that game. Um, anyway, I just, uh, as, as we're talking about veteran quarterbacks who have had uh, some surprising performances, Geno, Geno's just, uh, he's awesome right now. He, he's playing at a super high level. The question is now, not if, it, to, in my opinion, in my mind, not if Gino will be a starter next year, but where. That That's my opinion on how well Gino's played. Um, and, you know, Carolina's a team that defensively, I think, is probably a little better than people think. Their last game was against the Broncos. Everybody's going to look good defensively against the Broncos. But the Carolina Panthers haven't given up 20 points in a game since getting shredded by the Bengals in week nine. Here's the counter to that. The teams they've played in that stretch since have been the Falcons, the Ravens, and the Broncos, three of the worst offenses in the NFL. 
So what are we going to get? This kind of surprisingly good Panther defense. We know they've got the corners. We know J.C. Horn's a a good player. They've got the secondary. They've got Brian Burns. Or are we going to get a Seahawks team that has a lot more firepower offensively than the teams the Panthers have played in the last month? I kind of lean towards the latter. But it doesn't really matter because you know what you're doing with the Seahawks offense. Geno is a top 12 quarterback pretty much every week. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are must-starts. Noah Fant is emerging as a guy you could start on a weekly basis at tight end, even though you can certainly expect the occasional goose egg from him. The question we have for Seattle is what is going on in the backfield this week? And if Kenneth Walker does not play, he has a jammed ankle per Pete Carroll, and we record this on Wednesday, so um, we haven't really gotten a practice update as of recording on Kenneth Walker. I'm not sure I trust anyone here. Because DJ Dallas also left with an ankle injury in that game. He had to come back because Tony Jones was getting looked at in the medical tent. Travis Homer was out with an illness and a knee injury. And the Seahawks are so thin at that position that they had to sign Wayne Gallman to the practice squad. Moreover, Rashad Penny told reporters on uh, after the game last week that He's rehabbing and might be able to come back for a playoff push. So this backfield is really intriguing in Seattle right now. Before we get to the Bucks and the Niners, because it feels like Tom Brady still aging like a fine wine. Niners are near Napa Valley. <laughs> How about our next sponsor? They got the hookup on wine for holiday gifts and get-togethers. Love this idea as a holiday gift. When it comes to awesome wine at crazy low prices, we're talking 30 to 70% off retail. At the Fantasy Feast, we head straight to Last Bottle. For those of you that haven't heard of it, Last Bottle is a daily deal wine site based in Napa, north of the Niners. One wine every day until it's gone. No memberships, no commitments. It's free to join. Last Bottle has a deal just for Fantasy Feast listeners. Use promo code FEAST to get 10% off your next order with Last Bottle. That's lastbottlewines.com. Use code FEAST. Last Bottle Wines. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dot com. All right. Bucks and the Niners. Bucks are hard to watch, Joe. They are. Um, I, I just think the, the offensive line, I think the scheme is broken. And I, not to, Tom Brady's had enough praise heaped on him, but it just feels like in these end game situations, when Brady essentially needs to run the offense, that's the only time that the Buccaneers look like a competent NFL offense. Bad punt decisions. Although, uh, the as, as Troy Aikman was so eager to point out the other night, the punt decision by Todd Bowles late in the uh, second half there against the Saints ended up working because the Saints couldn't get out of their own way. Um, Tom Brady just getting it done in these late-game situations. But it's all the same stuff every week. 
Tom Brady has one of the lowest times to throw, average time to throw in the NFL. So essentially what the Buccaneers are doing is they're eschewing efficient passes for quicker passes to avoid the pass rush. And we know San Francisco is going to get after the quarterback. I have a feeling that even with Brock Purdy on the other sideline here, this could be a really ugly game. This could be another 17-16, 14-13 kind of game uh, with, because I do not think the Buccaneer offense is a good matchup at all for this San Francisco. I don't think anybody's a good matchup at all for the San Francisco defense. But uh, um, I, I think this is a bad much matchup in particular for the way that the Buccaneers have been playing this year. Um, but what we also did see from Tampa Bay, by the way, Chris Godwin has caught at least six passes in every game since week four. Every game. Uh, he's Tom Brady's guy. Um, Leonard Fournette was back, and both he and Rashad White kind of split the workload right down the middle. Fournette, um, and, and it was 10 carries for Fournette, seven targets for Fournette. It was nine carries for White, eight targets for White. So it wasn't like, oh, this guy's the early down runner, this guy's the receiving back. No, it was just kind of drive-by-drive, situation-by-situation. They have two backs that they trust, and both guys are RB2s for me this week because of their work in the passing game. But I don't expect Tampa Bay's offense to uh, light it up this week. Let's put it that way. Niners on the other side with Purdy. What are you thinking here? Yeah, so I had a chat with um, two guys. Our, one of Our guy at Fantasy Points Data, Brett Whitefield, um, and our, our guy, uh, Fran Duffy from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, about Brock Purdy. Because I did not, I knew who he was, obviously. He played a long time, he played like a decade. At, he succeeded Seneca Wallace at Iowa State. Uh, and he played a long time there. And Fran and Brett both told me, yeah, I kind of liked him. Like, every year you watch a draft prospect and you're like, man, I like watching this guy with the full understanding that he's not a first-round pick. And that was kind of that guy, their guy. And he's undersized but he's a confident passer who played in a spread offense in college. And we've had guys like this come into the NFL and for fantasy purposes, maybe not have become fantasy studs themselves, but have kind of helped people and helped these offenses. Look, look at guys like this. And this was Fran's comp for, for Brock Purdy was Gardner Minshew undersized, doesn't have a huge arm, but is an absurdly confident and cocky kind of passer. I look at Gardner Minshew. I look at Case Keenum in that regard. Mike White's bigger than that, but he played in that kind of offense at Western Kentucky. Distribute. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I think Brock Purdy can do those things. Now he's a rookie seventh round pick. I'm not telling you he's going to go out there and drop back 45 times and go 30 of 45 for 295 and a couple of touchdowns. What I think the 49ers are going to do is designed a lot of plays close to the line of scrimmage for Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Fortunately for the for the 49ers, those are two of the best after-catch guys in the entire NFL. I think that's where the 49ers offense is going to originate, and I think Kyle Shanahan is going to trust Brock Purdy. Presuming he starts, they did sign Josh Johnson. I think he's going to trust Brock Purdy after that performance last week to make those decisions. I, I really do think that that's what's going to happen. And they did get, by the way, uh, good news on Jimmy Garoppolo. There is a chance Garoppolo comes back this year. Adam Schefter said it's not a Liz Frank sprain, so it could be seven, eight weeks. If uh, you're generous on the timeline and knock it down to six, in theory, that could have Jimmy Garoppolo ready for the first round of the playoffs. 
Little plug here for Wednesday's Ross Tucker football podcast. Had Sage Rosenfels on. Uh, worked with Brock Purdy at Iowa State. Worked mm. with him after his time at Iowa State, getting him ready for the combine. He compared him to Drew Brees, a little bit more mobility, which I thought was interesting. In yeah, terms undersized, of, but not a big arm, but a confident passer. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, what about the Dolphins and the Chargers? Two teams that uh coming off rough games. Yeah, so the Dol- the the funny part is is though though Justin Herbert played a lot better than Tua last week, it was two teams kind of affected by the same thing, right? Like their tackles are injured and they played teams with good pass rushes. So it was really just the perfect storm. I mean Herbert, yeah, Herbert outplayed Tua, but it was kind of exact. So that's what I want to watch for Miami. Can Teron Armstead play in this game? Um, I- I'm sure you saw Ross. They signed Eric Fisher. Yep. And uh, they put Austin Jackson on IR. So his season's over. So Miami is clearly concerned about that tackle position. The problem is San Diego's pass rush since Joey Bosa went down has not been, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles's pass rush since Joey Bosa went down has not been very good. So I think Tua is going to have a better draw this week I anticipate Tua will bounce back now here is the thing though Tua is dealing with that minor ankle injury Jalen Waddle was in and out of the lineup with a a leg injury last week was clearly not comfortable what is the one thing that teams have been doing on the Chargers they have been running the ball down their throats I would anticipate Miami gets back to basics this week that raises another question what the hell was this backfield rotation last week? They didn't try to run the ball against San Francisco, but Raheem Mostert outcarried Jeff Wilson 7-1. to one After it looked like Jeff Wilson was completely taking over that backfield. Raheem Mostert was inactive two weeks ago. So is that just a small sample? They didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively. Or was that a changing of the guard? I think Mostert and Jeff Wilson are both RB2s in this matchup because it is a smash spot against a run defense that has been exploited week in and week out. Josh Jacobs goes nuts on him. James Conner goes nuts on him. Everybody goes nuts on the Chargers run defense. I don't expect, I don't don't see why Miami wouldn't be the same. What about the Chargers? So the key, the key here is a, what's, what's the status of Pipkins, the right tackle? Um, And what's the status of Mike Williams? And Keenan Allen's been back to the slot, which is good because he'll avoid Xavier Howard there. Mike Williams could get back to practice this week, could give him a chance to play um, against against the Dolphins. But other than that, I mean, I'm still playing Josh Palmer. Gerald Everett, after crap in the bed two weeks ago, ends up leading, uh, uh, being second to Keenan Allen on the team in, in receiving against the Raiders last week. Uh, and Austin Eckler, he can't run the ball. Fortunately, he's the best receiving back in the league or close to it. So he's he's creating value that way. It's just a, a team that the injuries have really caught up to them. Monday night, we got the Patriots and the Cardinals. Not sure how many touchdowns I'm expecting from that one. So I'll be watching the red zone on Sunday. Thanks to Sling, your most valuable option. When it comes to finding your favorite channels with the best deal for sports, news, entertainment, best live TV content, plus you get the TV you love for a price you'll actually love. 
watch every touchdown live every Sunday afternoon with NFL Red Zone on Sling. For a limited time, get Sling Blue and add on Sports Extra with NFL Red Zone for half off your first month. Regular, it's 46, now only 23. So you get the best deal on Red Zone so you can catch all the touchdowns at the lowest price with Sling TV. Visit sling.com slash DraftKings to sign up today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Joe, Cardinals, Patriots, kind of not looking forward to it. Uh, Patriots, they're, I think, no. <laughs> trying to get the words out. I was about to say, I think they're well coached because I, I don't see a lot of talent here. But maybe I mean that I trust Belichick, but I certainly don't trust their offensive staff. Nor does Mac Jones, by the way. I'm sure you saw the viral clip. Ross, you are you are extremely online. I'm sure you saw the viral clip of Mac Jones saying a couple of not-so-nice words to Matt Patricia. Yeah, I didn't know who he was saying it to, but yes. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Are we sure it was to, Mac, to Matt Patricia? No, I, I, but it was. if it wasn't directly to Matt Patricia, it was screamed into the void, and the assumption would be that if you're asking somebody to – quit running the effing ball because it effing sucks that you're implicitly calling out Matt Patricia and or Joe judge, because those are the guys who just make decide those things. Um, it's not a very fun offense to watch right now. Mac Jones, I thought has played some decently good football. Um, but I mean, the Cardinals are an easier matchup than, than the bills are. So I would anticipate a little bit of a bounce back here for Mac Jones. Jacoby Myers has gotten quiet of late, um, but Ramondre Stevenson it basically is a bell cow back at this point. Somebody you have to play uh, if you're, if you're, I mean, especially with six teams on by. I, other than that, I mean, I really don't know what to say about the Patriots. They're they're an offense that I always have a difficult job describing every week because I, I, I think the scheme here is is pretty outdated. It goes without saying. Cardinals isn't much better. No, I think the Cardinals scheme stinks, and I don't think Kyler Murray does a great job executing it. But I will say this. I benched Kyler Murray in week 12 because I'm like, man, coming off the hamstring, I I don't think he's going to run, and that's where his fantasy value comes from. Well, he actually did run. Seven carries for 56 yards and a touchdown, threw a pick. He gets the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. The good news is Marquise Brown is back, and he led the team in targets with eight targets in week 12. I, look to me, this is a four man show. Now they have a they have some optimism. Greg Dorch is going to play this week. I don't know what that does for me. You play Hopkins, you play Marquise Brown, you play James Conner, and Kyler Murray's back on the on the QB one radar. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're starting to see this offense at full strength. Well, they they did lose, of course, uh, Zach Ertz, but it's frustrating that we're starting to see this offense when the the Cardinals are essentially out of the playoff picture at this stage. But they're getting better as a fantasy at, uh, team. We get better every week listening to you, Joe. You are the man at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker 
NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Please check us out on social media. You see the best clips of this and the other shows. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.